Yes, hello to our audience. We're really excited about this show. Um, we think we're going to bring a lot to the conversation, so we hope you stay with us and spread the word. Absolutely. The big thing about our show is uh, we're actually starting the uh, – this show is brand new. We're starting as the Know Your Vote initiative, which is all about basically not only people getting out to the polls and getting the voting – but knowing who they're voting for all the way down. So everyone knows who the president is and everyone knows who your senators are. But do you, when was, think about it, when was the last time you knew who was your you know, precinct committeeman or who was running for school board or even, hell, even mayor in your town? So the big thing we want to do as this new show, we wanted to talk a little bit about ourselves. It's one of our, my personal favorite things. So I'm going to go ahead and start and talk about kind of how I came to be um, in this initiative, and so my name is Diego Vlasic. I've been kind of in the political world now for the last roughly I'd say 10 years after I graduated high school. Um, I started kind of just before the 2012 election, and a big thing I did, you know, politics was definitely a different game back then, but I was involved um, kind of on the campaign for a presidential campaign for Mitt Romney. Uh, I was kind of a, a big, big kind of believer in that campaign and what I did was I was a student volunteer in my college and I really kind of really got my first kind of foray into it I really loved just making a difference and kind of wanting to get something done um, and kind of be something part of something bigger than myself what we did was what I realized was that you know I was in a big echo chamber of you know, obviously, I knew a lot of people who were um, on Obama's re-election campaign in Arizona, and it was really just everyone I knew was either going to be, you know, Republicans who were pretty up-to-date with their, obviously, our Democratic uh, counterparts. And everyone I talked to, and I kind of just got in this thing, this kind of frame of mind of where everyone was politically minded and active. And it wasn't until, I would say, probably 20... 2014, maybe even maybe even a little bit later, where I realized just a ton of people really, you know, they knew the president, they knew who was running, and they kind of had a general idea of where they landed on things, but they didn't really care about anyone who was, you know, they didn't know, they didn't even care, they didn't even know who was running on smaller elections, and and I had a, a someone who was running for a, the county co- or for city co- um, comptroller, and we were, he asked me to help out, and I said I would, and walking around and uh, I'm knocking on doors for people 
and um, you know, I'm, I'm knocking on doors and putting little pamphlets on their handles, and then I'm cold calling people. And I was thinking about it. And I said, you know, if I got a cold call or someone knocked on my door, you know, I'm I'm 20, 26 right now. I don't, I wouldn't answer that door. <laughs> I wouldn't answer that phone. I'd probably block them. And I was thinking, you know, this is we live in a world um, that is so run technologically, where everyone is so involved. Um, on on tech on the tech side and everything through social media, but our campaigns are still run like they're in the 1950s. I mean, we have literally, if you're on a campaign, you know, you're knocking on doors and you're calling people, and and that's just something that's really not effective anymore. And and I kind of I remember thinking, you know, like this is really antiquated, but the just kind of the orthodox around that was that's just the way it was done, and that's the way it's been done, and it's in the way it's going to continue to be done, and and there's no alternative to it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do it or not do it. Um, so I kind of, that was kind of the first kind of thought I had where I thought, you know, this doesn't really make a ton of sense. The other thing that really kind of brought me to this um, realization was that, you know, even myself, I couldn't really tell you a ton about people who are running for smaller offices. And I would, you know, I, I, I was involved with it probably a third of my day. And so what I then kind of started thinking was, well, let me do some research. Let me find out. And, you know, being the millennial I am, I, you know, got online. And I couldn't, I couldn't find anyone. I mean, it, it, you couldn't find anyone to uh, you couldn't find a website, and you couldn't find anything. For anything smaller, really, than, you know, your state house seats, there was no real presence online. And it was all, again, done the old way. And so I was thinking, well, you know, if you're someone who is, you know, a younger person or who is trying to get into, you know, has some questions about how things are being run, where where do you go? You know, you go online and there's nothing there. So then you say, okay, well, you know, there's, there's no information. I, I don't know who these people are. And then you go to vote and then you have 50 names and you couldn't tell what any of them are or what any of them believe in. And I remember in the 2016 election kind of when, it got cool to be in poli- or to be political, and everyone was kind of um, had their opinions and everything. All of a sudden, you know, there's everyone's voting, and then everyone's kind of there. And I'm thinking, no one knows who any of these people are. You know, should we reelect Judge So and So? And it's in tough. You know, well, I don't know. Should we? Uh, can you know what 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 do they believe in? <laughs> Does it rely in any way with what I believe in? Um, and that that was kind of where the kind of final crux where I was like, you know, we really do need to do something. And I looked out and no one else was doing it. So I said, well, you know, maybe I could do something about it. And so um, that's kind of uh, what brought me to this point. And um, Kathleen, I know maybe if you want to kind of come in and talk kind of about how you kind of got to this point from your start. Sure. Um, well, as you may not know, Diego is, from is 26, so he is of the millennials. I am much older, and actually am the last of the baby boomers. Um, when I got involved in politics, it was behind my grandfather's store. I grew up on the Mexican border um, in Cochise County, and politics was always talked in the back room of the grocery store with beer, and they talked about politics. And my father, grandfather became what you call a patron. In other words, people who couldn't read and write didn't know who to vote for. They would come to my grandfather and say, you know, Gomez, Mike Gomez, who, who should we vote for? So it became to the point where anybody who wanted, who was running and wanted to reach out, get to, like, say, the Mexican-American vote, 
would come to my grandfather's store. We had Goldwater and Udall and Simonton and, and, and all these guys who were running for, you know, governor or for a senator congressional seat would come to my grandfather's store to greet and meet. So I grew up, that's how I grew up, was greet and meet. Later on, I got a degree in, in politics. I started working Carter Mondale campaign. And what they did was they sent us out to different New Hampshire, Vermont. And we did. We walked door to door, knocking on doors or putting, you know, a pamphlet on the door handle. Nobody answered. And then as it got down the road, I started to work. I worked for the Democratic Convention, uh, Democratic Convention in 1992 as director of administration. Meanwhile, I had been working for several congressional uh, people, though one I'm really proud of is Patricia Schroeder, and got involved in legislation, then got involved again in, in presidential campaigns, um, was somewhat involved with the Obama campaign. So I come from a Democratic side. Uh, I will say that right now I'm an independent, basically because I'm just finding out, and I feel that independent, kind of I do my own research I am one of those political animals that don't listen to either side. So as I've gotten older, I was in New York City for a long time and was involved in politics there. And then we came back to Arizona. When I came back to Arizona, my father was running for mayor of a small that our small town on the Mexican border. I really realized Cochise County was about 280,000 square miles. From one to the other, nobody knew who was running. Nobody knew who the judges were, what they stood for. And for rural America, it became very obvious that nobody knew how to find out about the candidates. Everyone pretty much saw the commercials for president, for their congressional members, but for their local people, whether it be judge or the county supervisor, there was just no way to find out. The only way actually you could really find out about somebody is if they had a DUI and they were running which sometimes they, they, I think you can still run if you have a DUI, or if they had been in an article. But mm. to find somebody who's obscure, it was impossible. So when I started talking to people who had been very involved in politics, had ran for city council, been involved, the frustration they had was they didn't know where to find out who was running and what they stood for. So when I got to Cochise County, I was starting to put together town hall meetings where people would come actually drive an hour and a half away to come and hear who the candidates were, maybe for the, the local, you know, your legislature, uh, for the mayor, because there was really no way that anyone was communicating. Back at that time, Wi-Fi, Internet was not really available in, in the rural community. So I started thinking, what is a way in which one, people could go to one area, just one stop, and find out who was running? And so that's kind of how I came to be so involved in politics and, and have really for the past maybe, I would say almost 58 years of my life, politics is in my blood. But as I've gotten older, my age group is definitely teched out. Anybody in their 60s, 70s and 80s and we're living longer, it's very difficult for them to get plugged into social media because a lot of them just don't know how to start. So they become isolated. And rural America is very isolated. Even now, Internet is pretty much everywhere. They still don't know where to go. And if you Google somebody, if you, it's very difficult to find out who is running for especially these local positions. And even say your state representative or your state senator. And 
it's once you start trying to figure it out, it even gets more and more difficult. You have to kind of keep on peeling the onion back one layer after another. And I was finding people so frustrated and realizing, boy, things have to change because these people want to vote, but they don't know how to vote. They don't know who to vote. They don't know their vote is really what it came down to. So, Diego, that's I mean, kind, I of it. kind of it. Yeah, and I mean, that's really the um, kind of, I think, know your vote actually for a little bit of history lesson. Um, know your vote actually kind of acclimated around 2018. I mean, there was this huge push, I'm sure everyone remembers, to, to get out the vote, and, or get out the vote, get out and vote. And the whole thing was is that basically they wanted a, a high turnout for, you know, the, the elections. And that, I think that's a great idea. But the issue that we had was we, I had so many people that were basically saying, you know, I really, I, I, I do want to vote because I do think it's important, but I don't feel knowledgeable. And I, I don't want to vote for someone who I diametrically oppose. And, and that's the big thing is you can kind of, you know, say, okay, well, you know, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican and, you know, I guess I'll vote for, you know, um, the Democratic candidate if you're a Democrat, you know, say I'll vote for the Democratic candidate for Senate or for President and, you know, I have a general idea, you know, okay, more or less, you know, I, I, might, I might have more more to do with them than the other side. But when you, and, and I'd say when you look at that ballot, I mean, you know, you get, it's it, it citing, you know, the first, the first page, you got the president and you got the Senate and then you got the, you know, your house representative and then and it, it gets to the, to the state side of things and you're still, you know, it's cited. Maybe it's your governor's election. So you get to vote for your governor. Um, and then it gets the house, your, your state house representative. And, and you're like, well, all right. Uh, you know, I have candidate A and candidate B and, you know, in a lot of states it doesn't even say their party. So you don't even really have that to go on. Um, and it's kind of a bit like, well, you know, and I had a couple of friends that told me um, I, I chose this person because I kind of like their name a little more. And, hmm. you know, that's not really the way. I mean, not the way to vote. And, and we really have an issue where we really don't know who's voting, um, who you're voting for. And well, it's that's funny. where Know Your Vote kind of came from. You know, it's funny how you say that because I know – um, for for Cochise County, there's the Power Authority Board or Commission, whatever. And there was a guy, his name was Paul Newman. And that's how people would go in and vote. Oh, Paul Newman, I love the name. That I like Paul Newman, the actor. I'll vote for this guy. Now, this guy could have been the worst thing for your county, but because he had a name that people could identify, that's why they voted for him. And one of the really, I think, scary things is there's been many, a lot of articles written about this disturbing effect that uneducated voters have on elections. When you're going in to vote based on what your friend says they're voting or a catchy slogan or a commercial, that has really dire effects on the system because you're just, it's like a roll of dice, you know, 50-50, you're going to get a good guy or you're going to get a bad guy. So, you know, it's almost, it's more serious than people think. Somebody said to me, I think it was the last election, a young man came to me and he said, who should I vote for or should I vote? And I thought about it. Maybe he shouldn't vote if he didn't know anything about who he was voting for. That maybe is the worst thing to vote. Like you were saying, there's been a big push to get out the vote. But there's, has there been a big push to find platforms where people could find out who these people are and what they're voting for? 
Exactly. And, and kind of the, the, the other big thing is it's not just obviously, you know, there is the voter side of things, but a big thing, we, um, a big issue that's just talking to people and kind of when we were you know, discussing our kind of ideas for this project, another big issue that people said was, well, hey, you know, I want to run for I want to run for something, and you know, I, I I want to you know give back to my community. I I have a you know patriotic duty to you know get, get involved in government, um, but I don't know how to, and I, I don't have the funds to do so. And, and it's you know not only is it the know-how, you know, you do kind of gen- generally need you know the blessing of a, one of the parties to get in on kind of to get involved in a lot of ways, but the other thing is is, is you know it, it's expensive. I mean, you know, you got um. Just, just just advertisements are very, very expensive. And, and I think if you're thinking of, um, you know, something really, really small, you know, your budget isn't going to be that high. And, and a lot of these budgets are kind of personal income, and, and especially right now, especially in this year, especially in a time where I think we need the most, the highest number of, you know, your everyday people getting out, getting involved in politics and not just voting, but also running for things. You know, this is also unfortunately a time where this is this is when people have the least amount of money. I mean, you know, we've had a you know a really rough year economically, and a lot of people are hurting. And and you know, that's a big price barrier. And 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 a big thing that I've noticed is you know, for my age, you know, we're now about a third of the population younger people you know, under under the age of 35. Um, we're also one of the poorest, and we've also been hit one of the hardest hit by this uh, pandemic. And so, obviously, when you look at the makeup of young people in politics, it's at an all-time, I mean, it's, it's so exorbitantly low, you know, if you, and not just, and obviously, you know, when we're looking at, like, the Senate, you know, the Federal National Senate and the House of Representatives, yes, they don't have enough young people, but it's not only them. I mean, I, I you know, if you got some time, if you're really, really bored, um, go to your school board and see how many people under the age of 60 are there. Um, or on the board, go to your um, local council and see what the age of, uh, you know, um, local city hall and, and see what the age of the councilmen are. You're not going to find very many people in those areas that are younger. And, and, of course, you know, we do obviously need the perspectives of, you know, older people because they do have a wealth of, of knowledge. But it's also, you know, we need more young people in their perspectives as well. And, and for me personally, that's why I'm so invested in this is because I do want younger people to have more of a say and more of a voice, and I want them in government. And, you know, we are a digital group of people, and we also are unfortunately not the richest group of people. And so I think what we need a solution for is to have um, basically a, a somewhere to go to one ease of use technologically, but also affordability and something that's not daunting. You don't have to be just, just you know, trust me, it's, it's a ringer. I mean, I've, I've been in it, and I know you have as well, Kathleen. To get involved in politics, you kind of have to work your way up, and that's a 10-year program before you're, at least, you know, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's definitely a gauntlet that you have to be put through. And um, and then at the end of the day, you know, uh, someone with a lot of spare cash comes in and runs and spends you out of the water. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is like when you're talking about the expense, I was just, for instance, Sierra Vista may be a town of about 20, 25,000. It's a military. There's a military base. It's Sierra Vista is in Cochise County. Its circulation 
is 10,718 people. On a Sunday, it's 12,403. But for 15 to 20 words, it'll cost you $40, and that's a one time. So it can imagine trying to think up of what your speech is, or you're trying to run for sheriff or for county recorder. One time, 15 words cost you $40. That adds up real quickly, especially if you want to continue to have an ad at least three or four times a week. So the other thing, too, is if you think about it, what we saw and what I see real need is people want, they get, they get you know, especially say, let, and I'm using my hometown and my hometown area because I think it's really, you know, I know the statistics. But, for instance, um, in the Douglas School Board, they spend 19, almost $20 million a year on, on the kids, right? Um, what happens is, Oh, excuse me, just a sorry. What happens is that um, it, it just becomes very, very costly. So they get kind of frustrated with the fact that I want to run. Okay, how do I run? Do I need a campaign manager? I need to develop a website. I have to get my social media. And right there alone, and I have to raise money, will stop anybody dead in their tracks. And they will say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to run. I, I can't do this. I can't possibly, how am I going to raise the money? Who am I going to hire? How do I even make a website? So they give up. And I saw that there really needs to be one place where people could push their voters through email, through Facebook, I mean, through their social media, and put it on just a platform where people could go to so that they don't have to worry about raising money to pay for a campaign manager or a website, and I'm talking about real local elections such as mayor, city council, say of Douglas, Arizona, which has 16,000 people. Um, you know, that was a real, real vacuum. There's no, nobody's going to help the small guy or the normal citizen who wants to be involved in politics and run for the first time. It's very, very overwhelming, and, and most people give up before they even really pursue it because it's just how do I start becomes such a big hill to climb. And so that's well, and something I, also that's needed. And, and I think, you know, kind of to what we were alluding to as well, um, something we, we, we kind of uh, talked about for a sec is, generally speaking, if you're running for an election that's, you know, on, on the state side, so let's say, you know, you want to start small and you just, you'd like to, you know, maybe be a precinct committeeman, or, you know, maybe you'd like to be, you know, a, a state representative. That's kind of your goal, your, your five-year goal or whatever. The way it works, I mean, you have to get involved with a local political, you know, so I'm just going to use my, my side, for example. Um, you have to basically join the, your state GOP and, and be pretty active in it, be pretty dedicated. And then you're going to have to, you know, basically um, spend time, uh, promoting can G, uh, GOP candidates that maybe you don't necessarily even necessarily agree with entirely, because obviously on both sides of the party there is a huge fra uh, fracture on both both sides. You know, um, where there's a big difference in theology between the two, and so you know maybe you're, um, you know, you're maybe a, a kind of more moderate leaning person, but you know, hey, you know, you got this guy and he's running for senator, and you know he's 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 not a moderate, and he's kind of more on the 
um, on the right, or, or if you're on the left, maybe you're you're progressive, but you have to you know help out uh, someone who's kind of an establishment Democrat, and that's a big thing. So you have to work these campaigns. You have to knock on doors. You have to um, make cold calls just to kind of get your foot in the door. Um, and then what you have to do is you have to be not only very well liked by kind of the you know your state chair and, and everyone like that, but you're also going to have to kind of be liked in general by all the people you interact with within the party. Um, and this is all, again, before you even have a chance to run for anything. So right. you're just kind of an unpaid, you know, assistant at this point. Um, it's a lot of time. Kind of and it's, yeah, and it's, I think it's daunting for anyone who's not, um, you know, truly, 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 like, wants to make their life. Um, exactly. And that's going to be kind of... This is the first half, and you do that for 10 years, um, and then, you know, then you can start running for running for something, and, and then you kind of are that person that other, you know, people are, are helping out. And then, again, um, what you then do, and let's say you do win your seat, then you are kind of beholden to your party because, hey, they got you there. Um, and, then, you know, if you got to run again in a couple of years, so, you know, you got to keep kind of playing nice and you got to play by all the rules and, you know, make sure that everyone's happy with you. And that, that's another big thing that I wanted to move away from is I wanted a little bit more independence from the people. And obviously, you know, I think, you know, people have their party, you know, their parties and their policies. And I think that's really important, but I do want it to be a little bit more. My goal would be for it to be a little bit more of a, of a coalition instead of this um, dominating force. And so Kind of what the Know Your Vote initiative is, is that you can also um, get to kind of know the people and exactly what they believe in. And, and, and there's a lot of people, I mean, whatever you believe, there's a lot of people out there that believe more or less the same as you do. And um, with the Know Your Vote initiative, you know, now they know their vote and they know what you're about. And, and they're going to, um, you know, you're basically, you're kind of beholden to people who voted for you and not necessarily these you know, state parties that have kind of such strong power. Well, I also think, too, that's one thing that you told me when we were talking that really kind of shocked me, is what, what did you say the percentage of millennials or people under 35 who are actually elected to an office? was? Did you say 3% of the total number I, of 35-year-olds? I think if we're, if we're including, if we're including, you know, um, all elections, so that's, you know, all down to the very, very small ballot, it's less than 3% um, are under the age of, I believe, 35. Like right that's now. really shocking. So, like, the mayors and the city councils and the school board members and, right, and a county right. recorder, right? And those, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of positions, like county recorder, are really kind of held for whatever party is dominating that county, and then it's kind of like a gift. You know, if you're an independent, say it's democratic controlled, like Cochise County is democratically controlled, say, and you want to run for county recorder because county recorder is very important. That's the person that is in charge of voter registration and absentee ballots. It's going to be not given to a Republican or to an independent, but to a Democrat because they're going to push you through. They're going to give you the money to run. So this kind of concept we're talking about would really involve more people because it gives those people who are not identifying or don't, you know, maybe they're 60 years old, never gone to Democratic or Republican Party meeting, but they have strong feelings. This is an opportunity for them to be involved without having to be controlled by the party. 
So I think that that's, you know, that's kind of revolutionary, but I think that's what the founders wanted. They wanted people to get involved because, after all, we have to realize that we do not have government by the majority. We have government by the majority who participates, participates in voting and participates in running. And, you know, if you don't run, the same person is going to, it's easier for an incumbent to run again and again than it is for somebody new. So if we don't try and if we don't get out there and run, you're just giving the powers that be more power because there's nobody to challenge them. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think a big thing is that it's very easy to identify these problems and to complain. I mean, you know, I think we, we spent the, the first part of the show kind of talking about what our issues are with this system we have now and kind of how we want to change it. And, and that's great, and I think, you know, that's obviously uh, the first step, but it's not just about complaining. Uh, we actually kind of have kind of our solution we want to propose and what we're kind of trying to do. So we're going to go for a quick little break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about the Candidates Platform page, which is kind of a one-stop-all platform for your everyday person to one, not only find information on everyone who's running in their area and everyone that they can vote for, as well as just everyone else who's running across the country, but it also creates an easy and intuitive way for people to run for office. So um, don't go anywhere, stay for the break, and when we get back, we will be talking about that. Welcome so, uh, back to the CP Show. This is Diego with your co-host Kathleen, and we are starting off our inaugural show, uh, the second half of it, by talking about our solutions to how all the problems that we laid out. We kind of complained for the last half hour, so now this is going to be the positive note where we're going to talk about how we kind of want to contribute to uh, making a, a better society run by people who know their vote and elect candidates based on that. So um, do you want to kind of start off, Kathleen, I guess, with how uh, kind of what we what the general gist of uh, the candidates platform website would be? Yes. So what we envision, as we've been talking before, is so hard for people to go, you know, in their busy lives to to search for people. And there's really no one place that, OK, I live in Cochise County and I want to know the judges that are up for election. It's very difficult. You have to keep on going and going and going through one page, one Google site, another site, and you dig and you dig and you dig, and you still really don't get anywhere because I tried finding that out. So Canada's platform, we envision it to be a place where the voter can go and learn about local and state elections, so who your, your state legislator is going to be running, who is running against them, uh, or your sheriff, the judge, the councilmen, and the school board members. Because I, I do think that Diego raised a really good point. If you go to a school board, mem school board meeting, 
you will see people who don't even have kids in your in the school system but have been serving and serving because it looks good you know they become a member of a pillar of society because they've been on the school board for 20 years but they are so out of touch with things so this is where we see people going to to find out on every level state and locally who's running what they stand for and what what they're going to do for you whether it's going to be the vision of your school whether it's going to be the budget of your city um or who's going to decide how you're going to who's going to be you know paying um child support judges are very important every position we're talking about is so important and they have such an impact on your daily life even more so in a sense than a president or a congressperson because these kind of positions affect everything that you do every day exactly i mean we you can't i can't stress enough that while it does seem like who's in the white house is just the most important thing at the moment and and on a general scale i mean obviously it is very important but i i would challenge you to think you know how much does you know now in 20 days, how different will your life be than it is today? And, and, and it, the, tr- the true answer is it really, it won't change that much. What's the real thing that changes your personal life is your local representative. A great thing to do, I mean, a great thing we can kind of talk about um, is this previous year with, with, uh, with the lockdowns of COVID, you know, ultimately it wasn't the president who decided whether you your restaurants are open or closed or your gyms are open or closed or what you know if you have to wear a mask outside or inside or any of that it, it was it was your state government and i think the your state governors played such an important part and i can only really speak for arizona obviously as i haven't really uh, left much uh in 2020 but in arizona it was, it was even smaller and the governor kind of said well you know i'm going to lay out these basic guidelines, but it's going to come down to the cities to decide. And so, you know, you do have some places that are absolutely, you know, it's very, very strict on, the, you know, the quarantine lockdown rules and then other places that are very not. And, and, and that's my thing is, is whatever you feel, whether you feel that, you know, we should be open or whether we should be locked down, uh, you want your vote to count and, and you want your vote to vote for the person who believes like you do. And, and I think, it would be a crying shame for maybe perhaps you're a person who thinks that um, the lockdown, you know, we should we should have locked down stricter and we should have all, you know, quarantined for like a couple weeks. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't it be a crying shame if you voted for someone who you didn't really know what they believed in and, and hey, they believe that uh, we should just stay open and, and nothing should shut down. And now, you know, you voted for for that person and it's not your fault, but hey, you know, you contributed to that. And, and so that's kind of the other thing is, is what we're talking about is, is the local elections are so, so important. And, and I, I think... I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to make a point. When you were talking about the governor and the cities, it's not also the cities, then it's the county. Because, say, you know, Phoenix had their own decision, right? But then Maricopa County also made their decisions. And sometimes in certain counties they were conflicting versus the county versus the, the small town or the city. So I bet mm-hmm. you, if you, the people who are listening, I, I would say, I would wager a bet that nine out of 10 of you would have no idea who your county superv- supervisors are or what their 
position is on things like COVID. You may have heard about it because we all kind of heard about it now, but you probably maybe you've heard these names for the first time. And so these guys hold an incredible amount of power over your day-to-day life. And it's really, if you, I would say, get to know who these people are that are deciding for you how you're going to live your day, everyday life. Absolutely. And what we're kind of, uh, our whole goal is basically to make a website where the ease of use is such a big thing because, for some people, especially for, you know, our less um, technologically literate uh, folks, you know, it, it, a new website is daunting. I mean, I know my, um, my grandmother, uh, she huh. kind of has a massive panic attack every couple weeks whenever Facebook just updates the system and it changes like three buttons. So, you know, I totally get that a whole new website, you know, that, that, that's a tough thing to, to swallow for a lot of people. And so ease of use is a huge thing going forward with Canada's platform that we want to do. And so um, a, a core concept is that when you log on to that website, you can basically ping your location, and it's going to pull up everyone you can vote for. So let's say you live in you know, Wyoming. Um, you're not going to be seeing you know, the, the state senators from Texas. You know, it's going to be everyone that you can vote for that kind of directly affects you, and you know, all the way, obviously, you know, president. But all the way down to you know your precinct committeeman and your um, you know your your uh, school board and your mayor and your city councilman because that's you know that's what we believe is that it needs to be accessible for all and obviously you know if you want to get more in depth with it if you want to find out what people believe um, maybe if you're you know if you're a single issue voter and all you want to see is you know hey who um, who is you know uh, you know, uh, who has strong opinions on, let's use a controversial topic, uh, the Second Amendment, who is a very pro-2A guy. That's what you care about. That's what you're voting on. You can then look up and see, okay, these are all the guys that, um, you know, they're, they're strong on 2A. So ease of use, I think, is really the big thing on the voter side of what we, we want to do and to make it accessible and um, simple and intuitive for all ages and all technological levels. That's very, very true because, you know, when I was thinking of this whole concept, I, I, I just can't help come to mind this Olga Robles who lives in Douglas. She was, uh, she immigrated into Arizona, became a nurse, served on the city council back in the day when women didn't really serve. This was in the 70s. Really has always been a good citizen, tax paying, follows the laws, you know, really believes in America. And then she's got to a point where she's so frustrated because she said to me, nobody comes to my door anymore. I don't get any printed material because, you know, printed materials, direct mail is very, very expensive. And she's mm. like, and I was talking to her and I said, well, Olga, what about if you had one place to go on the, on the Internet that would tell you everyone who's running in your area? She goes, oh, my God, I would love that. She goes, you know, I have a phone but I don't have a computer, but I would go to the library and I would use the library's computer to do that because she's somebody who realizes having run, having served, how important it is to know who you're voting for. And she was frustrated because she just wasn't able to find it. But she would make the effort 
even if she didn't have a computer at home. But, you know, nowadays, most people, it's getting more and more that people will have something like either an iPhone or tablet, something they get from school, whatever, that they'd be able to go on the Internet. But it's kind of like I think of it like like an Amazon, right, where you put in something and you get all these different people that are coming up who sell that item, and then you can pick and choose. So it's kind of a one-stop shop platform where you don't have to go anywhere else to find out what you need to know on who's running. Exactly, and, and I think, you know, the thing is, is now, um, if you really want to kind of find someone, you know, who is running for something, um, you, you can Google this, the, so first off, you know, you've got to log into Google, and then, then you can Google the position, and then you might get a list of um, who's running, and, and there's a couple websites that do offer information on that, and including both government and private, and they're, they're, they're fantastic resources, but they're not very intuitive. They're not very easy to use, and they're not very nice to look at. And I think you kind of, um, in these kind of uh, ballot, uh, these ballot websites where it just has names and you know, kind of a very antiquated system and just you know, text on you know, a blank screen, you get kind of a little lost in it, and it's not particularly interesting to look at, and it kind of gets a little dull, and you kind of. Um, it's just it's very it's very unintuitive and it's very I hate to use the word boring but but it is it's it's not something we really want to continue to do and and right now I mean it's so important that we get this and there really is nothing more important than you know getting people to vote and getting people to make knowledgeable votes and another big thing that I really want to kind of um, point on with it, with our program is that. You know, there is definitely a discrepancy in the education system um, between wealthy and, and, and non-wealthy, as well as, you know, obviously on, on racial lines. And, you know, you go to, you know, inner cities and stuff like that, and they don't have the resources, and they maybe don't have the family structure at home to explain who believes in what. And those are people that, you know, they, they should be voting for their local elections because, you know, those are the people that, you know, decide where city funds go, and I think a really interesting thing that was brought up to me the other day was, um, I believe you have the numbers, Kathleen, about um, a, there's a small city of about 15,000 people, um, and the budget, I believe, was uh, $21 million. Is that correct? It was $20 million for this year, and in 2013, mm -hmm. the budget was $11 million. So from actually well, from 20, 20 to 21, it was an increase of 11%. That's twenty million. I think it was for a town of fifteen thousand people. Twenty million a year, and that's, that's, and that's a lot. So doubled in seven years. And I, I would love to uh, maybe poll those people and say, hey, you know, do you think your city uh, resources have gotten twice as good um, as the trash? Are you seen twice good? as fast as the yeah the, the potholes and pits twice as uh, quickly? And and that's that's the thing is that. But if you live in you know poor communities and you know the budgets on a, these bigger cities are astronomical. You know, I think a lot of people would maybe be interested in voting um, for someone who says, hey, let's take some of this money and, and reinvest it back into the community. Let's take this money and, you know, invest in jobs programs for our, for our children um, to kind of break that, uh, you know, school-to-prison pipeline. And, right. and, and what I we want to do is I'm we want to... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think the other important thing is the aging population because in a lot of these small towns there's no place for the old or the elderly to go to to socialize to maybe have a gym to work out 
just to be able, and especially I think through COVID where they've been so isolated, I know that in this budget or in this small town, there's not one resource for the elderly. There's not a bus to take them mm-hmm. to a rehab place. There's not a anything for them to be able to come out of their houses. And that's very important, not only the youth and the jobs for the youth, but also for our elderly because that is still a, a huge group of our population. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's, that's, I think, the, the key to it is that it has to be as easy to use because while, um, you know, you know, our older people, they have maybe the time and the dedication and the interest, they don't have the technical knowledge. And then on the right. flip side, you have, you know, younger people who, um, you know, they have, you know, 25 different apps that they could use. So they have the, the technological know-how, but, you know, we are fighting, we are competing with a lot of other things. And, and you know, I'm gonna, you know, obviously, uh, you know, politics isn't quite as interesting as you know, um, TikTok uh, trends. So you know, we are <laughs> fighting kind of an uphill battle, and so it has to be quick and easy to use and interesting, and 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 for both young and old people. And because the thing is, is both young and old people, they both are affected, and in, in many ways, especially in, in the same ways. You know, uh, libraries are is a great example. It's not only you know poor um, poor kids studying for classes that use public libraries. It's also old people who maybe don't have computers or don't have you know Amazon Kindles to read books, um, exactly. or just you know regular you know people can't afford them. I mean, it, it, it gets quite pricey, and so that's really. Um, the thing that Canada's platform is really trying to get is, is it's trying to kind of, um, you know, kind of remove the uh, knowledge gap you have between people who are fortunate enough to kind of, you know, do their, be able to do their research and on the people who don't, whether it's financially or just uh, literacy-wise when it comes to technology. Exactly. And I think the other thing we foresee, we talked about this in the future, is actually having debates say, um, mm-hmm. on this platform. So we could have the city council of a small town, everybody who's running for Ward 1 and everyone who's running for Ward 3, they could actually have a debate and people could tune in because there are no more town hall meetings. There are no more forums where people go to listen to debate. And that's very, very crucial because sometimes you can really tell the character and understand how this person is going to vote by just listening to them speak and how they answer questions. So that's something we foresee that would be very beneficial to the voter is by being able to have these debates on candidates' platform. And really, you know, we've talked a lot about the voter, and obviously that's huge, but it's also not just about the voter. It's about the, the, the candidate who's running, the politician who wants to, or the would-be politician. And so... Not only does it need to be intuitive for the voter, it needs to be intuitive for the person running. And as we talked about earlier, it's complicated. It's, it's, it's very t- uh, tedious and it's very tiresome to run for office, as well as very expensive. And so Canada's platform aims to solve all those issues by, again, being a very simple, intuitive place. If you, The only requirement we have is you have to be on the voter roll. So if you want to run for it, we'll have you obviously on our website. But you have to be on the voter roll, so you can't just you know sign up for every office and say, "Hey, vote for me, write me in." You know, you ha- you will have to um, to to basically get get your basic level of signatures, and especially for small seats, it's a very easy um, manageable number. And then be just be on the voter registration list or on the the voter rolls. 
And then exactly. what we do is we basically, right, and, and as you were talking about that one-stop shopping, it makes it very, very accessible for those people to basically, you don't have to have a campaign manager. You don't have to have a Facebook, a Twitter, um, you know, a, a, a crowdsourcing funding campaign, all these different things. You don't have to be aligned with a political action uh, committee. You basically sign up, you give your message out to the world, and, you know, hopefully the, the, the world likes what you have to say and, and, and you, um, you win your election. Because obviously... You know, everyone who uses my, um, everyone who uses this service, you know, I want them to succeed and I want them to have, at the very least, the opportunity to get their message out. And so we need to make it very accessible for them as well. I think uh, think you'd agree with that as well, Kathleen. Yes, and I want to also stress to the listening public, you know, you have to realize, I'm just going to pick school boards. In 2016, 2017 budget year, total expenditures for public elementary and secondary schools in the U.S. was $739 billion. You know, that, that, is, that is amazing. That is, is just, you know, it floors me. So I would say that I go back to my small town of Douglas that probably has maybe a school population of probably maybe six or 8,000. I believe that their budget annually is $21 million. Now, school boards think of this. These people impact your child by the textbooks they read, the teachers they hire, the bus companies that they use. Whatever your child is exposed to on a daily level is what the school board has the power to influence. So they are the ones that will hire your, your, your district supervisor, of the schools who then they will fire and hire your teachers. They'll decide when they come to school, what the school day will look like. It is so important that people get involved. Even if you only run once and do a four-year term, you have to be able to get involved because somebody else is going to do it for you. If you don't do it, somebody else will. And that's why we think Canada's platform, we can excite that group of people who know that they do want to make a difference but they're just too overwhelmed and just hit so many roadblocks, they give up. And I think it's just so important that people understand your judges. For I, I, I really found this amazing. I know we're getting close to the closing time. When I voted in Phoenix, I was looking. There were 48 different judges that were up for, I guess they call it re-election. But your vote was nay for them to stay or yes for them to stay. But you have no idea what these guys have been doing in the past four years. You don't know what their decisions have been made as far as child support or if you got indicted or who would inherit your property. I mean, you have no clue. So we really need to figure out. I mean, judges is going to be a hard kind of concept. But if we can help, it wasn't it true, wasn't it? You were telling me, Diego, that in Cochise County, you don't even have to be have a lawyer. You don't have to be a lawyer to be a judge. Right. Well, Right, a lot of a lot of judges are, um, uh, you know, it's a, it's an election. I mean, anyone can. Generally, they are, but anyone can run, and, and if you win, you can become, you know, um, same thing with a lot of sheriffs. You don't really have to have a law enforcement background for a lot of them. You just have to win an election. Right. And I think that that's the the key point is is if you've ever found yourself saying, well, I want to run for this office, but but how how do I do that? Well. We're trying, our, our goal here is to say, well, well, this is how you do it. You know, it's right here. 
and it's simple, it's easy, um, it's not an absor- you know, absorbent cost to you. Um, it's 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 a very inclusive way for you to run for office, and um, really that that's really just the goal. Is I would like I would really love to see more of your everyday people running for office. Um, I want to see you know. Uh, you know, nothing against you know biz- businessmen and, and lawyers. I mean, I I, I am a, a, a business guy myself, but um, I would love to see you know maybe, maybe a little more teachers in, in, in involved. Maybe right. you know I think it'd be fantastic if we had you know maybe maybe some more uh, some more um, kind of workers you know involved in city and local state decisions because I think we have a ton of business guys, but you know do we have Guys who really understand, you know, the plight of the true working man, your blue-collar worker, um, and and those are perspectives that, unfortunately, sadly, we've lost. And especially on our governance side, we don't have anymore. Um, and, and and it's expensive, and, and a lot of blue-collar people, you know, your plumbers, your electricians, they're busy people, and they don't have a ton of you know money to spend on this kind of thing, and they don't have a ton of time. And so we're trying to cut those down so you can still, you know, make your living and live your life, but also, you know, do the thing you wanted to do and and get involved. Exactly. I mean, this thing, what we feel this Canada's platform can be instrumental in so many, in changing the way people get involved. And the easier it is and the more clear and simplified, and I think that a lot of people will stand up you know, and say, okay, it's my time to serve because I have a nine-year-old in school and I don't like anything that's coming home. I don't like the homework or the fact that he doesn't get homework or I don't like what they're teaching. So this is it. This is you have to get involved and you have to have a voice. And we're going to try to make it as some, easy and simple as you as we can. Some some kids, I mean, uh, I, I think it was in Detroit, they were, uh, the kids were reading um, reading out of textbooks that did not cover 9-11 because they were written pre-9-11. Um, and again, you know, that's, I don't know how the numbers are in front of me, but I'm sure the, the Detroit um, school budget is very high and there's, there's a yeah. lot of money. And and that's kind of, I think, um, our plea, I guess, to to everyone is if, you know, if, if you are interested in just knowing a little bit more about who to vote for, then please, you know, join us. Um, if you're, Someone who has always wanted to run for office but has found it too daunting, please come join us. Um, if you're just someone who wants a more educated voter base, you know, the, the, please join us. I, I think there really is very, very, very few people who would not want this goal. I mean, they're, and they're, they're the people who do not want a more educated voter, a voter base because it doesn't benefit them. Um, okay. Just kind of the, as, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that um, I know we're coming to closing, but I want to explain to the audience that we're going to be, every month, we're going to be um, on the show. It'll be twice a month. Our next show is going to be January 23rd, and we're going to have a guest speaker. Her name is Lori Kilpatrick, and she ran for county supervisor of Cochise County. She was one of those persons that was just tired of the same person getting reelected again and again, and we let, it's going to be interesting to hear her story about the difficulties that she 
had to endure in raising money and the difficulty in getting her vote out in rural America or getting her message out. And she didn't win. The incumbent won again. And it's going to be, I think, she will kind of be able to expose how how it is difficult for somebody running for the first time and what you have to go over. And then we'll be able to show her how Canada's platform and our belief would make it easier for her and something that maybe she could have won if she used our platform because it would all, her, her problem was so many different, you know, holes she had to put her, her finger in the dike to, to try to get the message out. So I'm really excited about her. And Diego, maybe you would like to tell the audience um, how they can like get in touch with us and where they can find out more about us. Absolutely. So as you said, the next show will be on um, January 23rd, same platform, same time, um, on BBS Radio. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at Candidates Platform. That's uh, the word candidate, C-A-N-D-I-D-A-T-E-S, platform, P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M. You can find us on Twitter at Candid Platform, and as well as we will be launching our website uh, very, very soon. You can find that the website is candidatesplatform.com. Um, that will have all of our information as well being posted, uh, as well as just kind of everything we've kind of gone over here. Basically, um, our goal is, is we would like to have this up and running by the end of the year, kind of going into the next election cycle. We would probably do a limited, uh, small smaller release, kind of get it all the kinks worked out. And I think the ultimate goal is we would like to be nationwide um, uh, 2024. And I would, my personal goal is I would like to have every single candidate in the country from the president down to the smallest position running on our website where anyone uh, can look at them and within 30 seconds find out everyone who's running for them as well as what they believe in. Exactly. And and we really hope that you will spread the word if you like what you've been hearing and uh, help us promote this idea, help us promote the concept and what our mission is, which is basically to get people to participate. Because, again, I can't stress enough, if you don't get involved, you're giving the power for someone else, too. Absolutely. So. Here at the CP Show, we want to thank you for uh, for listening and for giving us some an hour of your Saturday. We hope you all have a great week, rest of the weekend. Stay safe, everyone there, and we will see you in two weeks. Thank you, BBS Radio. Goodbye. <laughs>